Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. spirit of fear of any individual here today. Fear has no grip, no stronghold, no power over us any longer. Those that the sun sets free is free indeed, and that includes fear. We are free indeed. Perfect love casts out all fear. We have not to fear because we know you as our Lord and Savior. You set us free. You redeemed us. You've forgiven us, and therefore we have a ticket to go to heaven. And I thank you, God, for every individual here today. I ask that your Holy Spirit and presence and power will be with us throughout the day. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Amen. You may be seated for a moment. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Hey, I want to say this. If you have your notes, follow with me. There are two things that are inevitable. Two things that are inevitable in your life. Number one, a time to be born and a time to die. I don't know about you, but when my son was born, true story, when my son was born, first of all, Cheryl and I were told that we were able to, unable to have children. Because of Cheryl's medical complications, they told Cheryl that she was unable to have children. And so, therefore, we looked into adopting, and that's why we went into foster parenting and doing all that we did, because we were told we couldn't have children. And so, lo and behold, guess what? Cheryl became pregnant. And she became pregnant, and we didn't see what our baby was going to be, whether it's going to be a girl or a boy, but I'll tell you, when the day that my son was born, I mean to tell you, I was so excited about new life. I remember holding my son, Rick. I remember kissing him. I remember just touching his cheeks because his skin was so soft. He was so cuddly. Man, I even remember changing his little diapers and having little poo-poos in there and doing the whole works as being a father, right? 
but I remember the day that he was born because life brings excitement. And my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, we went out to Perkins there on Lake Street there in Minneapolis. True story. I'm not fudging by any stretch of imagination. I went. We went to Perkins there on, on, on there in Minneapolis on Lake Street, and there, man, the place was packed. It was like one o'clock in the morning, and I mean it was packed. And they all that Perkins there on Lake Street, they always have security guards at all the doors and and in different places throughout the restaurant. And so what happened was I was so overjoyed with excitement that my son was born, new life and all this stuff. I got so excited that literally I got up on top of the table right there in Perkins and started stamping my feet. I got a son. I got a baby boy. My wife just had a baby. From every direction, the security guys were running, and they were ready to put me in a straitjacket. And I said, no, 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 I'm okay, I'm okay. Man, I got life. My son was just born. It was so exciting because we were told we couldn't have children, and now I had life. There's something about life. How many know what I'm talking about? But then there's something about death. The day that my mother passed, I didn't understand it. It was very hard for me because, first of all, why did God, when I laid across her bed, I'll never forget this. When I laid across her bed, her left arm was like the size of an elephant leg. It was huge. I mean, she was full of cancer. And the Lord said, lay across your mom's body. So right there in Racine, Wisconsin, St. Mary's Hospital, I laid across her bed, across her body. And all of a sudden, instantaneously, with my mother's sister there, Jean, was right there. My aunt was right there in the room. Instantaneously, when I laid across my mother, her arm went back to normal. I mean to tell you, it was back to normal. It was just my mother then finally was getting better. She got out of the hospital. Then I went back to Colorado and started pastoring again, and Cheryl stayed there to give care to my mother. And I was not home for a week. I get the dreaded phone call that my mother passed away. And, man, there was sorrow. There was pain. There was just... Man, why, God, why? How many can relate to what I'm saying? To lose someone that you love so dearly. There's excitement about life, and there's sorrow sometimes about death. But here's the great thing about us. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 2, he says this, It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. In other words, being, man, humbled. Honoring, respecting God, not celebrating and forgetting who you are in Christ. He said, Let's watch this. For death is the destiny of everyone. We all have our destiny. Our clock is running. They say that the average American lives 76 years old. Look it up for yourself. Can you imagine that? 76 years old. That means, guess what? Every day, if you're closer to that 76, we're on the clock. Tick, tick. Tick, our days are getting shorter, our hours are getting shorter, the minutes are getting shorter, and the seconds are getting shorter in our lives. We are destined to die. But watch this. He says, the living shall take heart of this. In other words, what Solomon is doing, he's given us a notice. Take notice that your time is running out. But what are you doing in this time of getting closer to your destiny? Are you living it out for God? Are you following his ways? Are you being what God wants you to be? Are you being that living example, his disciple, his hand, his feet extended? You see, death is our ultimate destination. But it's your choice of where you will end up at. 
I'm here to tell you, it's your choice. It's your choice where you will go. I don't know about you, but I, I, hey, I have to tell you, my favorite candy is this. I got to be careful when I say this because one time I mentioned that we like Lucky Charms, and I got a whole couple cases at our door in Colorado that people put Lucky Charms at our door. But I'm going to tell you my favorite candy, and Cheryl and I go over back and forth about this. But don't put it at my doorstep, okay, because I don't really want it. Amen. But my favorite candy is peanut M&M's. And I love peanut M&M's. But obviously, Cheryl can't agree with that because hers is M&M's. But I always tell her, no, peanut M&M's supersede M&M's because they got peanuts in there and not just chocolate. I get a double dose and you get a single dose. And I'm going to tell you, but we have a choice. So my candy, and so the other day I asked Caleb, Caleb's here, no, he's like home sleeping. But the other day I was looking for candy, and so I went to the candy box over there where you guys put the candy in, and lo and behold, I had a craving, Renee, I had a craving for peanut M&Ms. And once you know, there was not a peanut M&M in the whole box. So then, no kidding, I, then I tried to go to Katie's office to get some peanut M&Ms, and Katie is like Fort Knox. She was protecting those bad boys. No, they're for the kids. And then temptation hits, right? Because Katie made up all these baskets because they're having a party over there right now for all the kids. And she made up all these bags of candy. And guess what was in the bags? And guess what? There just wasn't paper bags that you couldn't see what was in it. There was clear saran wrap looking bags that you can see everything that was in the candy. Or in the bag. And right in front of me was this peanut M&M. And I said, Katie, can I have one of those? No, they're for the kids. But the choice is this. Cheryl likes M&Ms. I like peanut M&Ms. The choice is yours. Either you choose life or you choose death. And here's the deal. The Psalms 90 verse 12 says this. Teach us to number our days. Colossians 3, verse 2 says, Be wise in the way you act. Make the most of every opportunity. In other words, it's saying, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, making the most of each day that you have right now, celebrating, worshiping, and honoring God during this journey in which you have right now. Seize the moment. Take advantage of this time because someday we're not going to have this time to worship God now. Seizing the moment, making the most of that opportunity. A heart of wisdom is this, making every step matter for him. question is, are we making every step matter for God in our lives? Seizing the moment. Another one is this, a heart of wisdom, making sure we are living doing and obeying his ways. To obey is better than the sacrifice. Am I living, doing, and obeying what God has called me to do? Seizing that moment, making the most of the opportunity that God has given me and you. Are you making the most of that? Sometimes we take it for granted. We take it for granted that I got this day, I got this time, I got this. Man, I don't have to seize the moment. I got time. We got to seize the moment. Proverbs 11, verse 19, it says this. He says, truly... The righteous, that's you, 
And if you think about what righteousness means, it means right standing with God. I made amends with God. I bridged that gap through Jesus to come to God. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I'm in right standing with God. And because of that, I obtain life. Now, Jesus says in John 10.10 that the devil comes to kill, rob, and destroy. That doesn't sound like life to me. In other words, it separates you, destroys you from the relationship that you have with God, and it takes from you instead of giving to you. It takes from you instead of giving from you. If you are always making withdrawals, guess what? You're not going to have anything into your account. But God not only takes from you, but your heart, he takes your heart. But when you give him your heart, guess what he does? He makes deposits in your life. He makes deposits in your life. And that in your life is this, that life is a deposit of joy. That's a deposit of peace. That's another deposit of strength, of hope. Of all these things are deposits that God makes in your life to help you on this way or this journey in your life. He said, but whatever, whoever pursues evil finds death. So in other words, have you ever done this before? I know that when in my walk sometimes, how many know we can all have a pity party? We want to have an Elijah experience, and we want to feel like Elijah. I got a right to feel down, discouraged, upset, mad, whatever. And sometimes in my life, you know, man, we get into the comparisons of other churches. And, man, especially if you go to a church conference and you see big churches that are doing this and they're that. And, and sometimes you can get like, man, why can't this happen for us? And so sometimes we get into comparisons, and so we get lost, and we lose our way. And so because we lose our way, we start going different directions. We start doing different things to start trying to obtain these things. And in our lives, I hear this all the time. Pastor, I've been a Christian for so long. I've been a Christian for so long, and, Pastor, I, I feels like I'm giving up more than what I'm gaining. It feels like, Pastor, I'm, I'm being told I can't, I can't, I can't, more than I can, I can, I can. And I hear this all the time. I hear this all the time. Man, I can't live out this God thing because, man, it's requiring me to give up something that I love so dear. And so, therefore, sometimes we feel like we're forfeiting things because we're sacrificing for God and we're watching the Joneses around us. Man, they seem to be having fun and they're doing all this and they're doing that. Man, because I'm a Christian, I can't, I've got to restrain myself. It's not fair. Have you ever said that before? But their reward is temporary. Remember that. Their reward is temporary. Our reward with God is eternal. And what they seem to be enjoying now is only for a season. Ours is going to be for eternity. And he goes on to say, watch this. He says, but whoever pursues evil finds death. Life comes by following and honoring the Lord while on this journey with him. The righteous gain a life of peace, health, strength, and the fullness of his presence. In 1 Corinthians 15, and I know i got to keep moving this quick, when the perishable have been clothed with the imperishable. What he's saying, you and I, before we met Christ, we were the perishable. We were the perishable. But when we met Christ, we become imperishable through Jesus Christ. That death has no victory, death has no sting, it has no purpose or plan in our life because, man, my body is only temporary. I'm only a tent that God's spirit lives in me, but I'm going to go to heaven and eventually I'm going to get a new body with Christ. But he says this, watch this. He says, and the mortal with the immortality, then saying that it is written, come, it will come true. 
death has been swallowed up in victory. In other words, we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear death because we know that our ultimate destiny will be with God. That's why he says that which is imperishable now becomes imperishable. In other words, death here in the, in the body doesn't mean we're going to perish. No, we're going to ascend and be with God forever because now we become imperishable with Christ Jesus and death has no victory over you. So where, O oh, death, is your victory? When the perishable, so watch this. So where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Watch what he goes on. The sting of death is sin. That's what sin does. It separates, it divides you from God, from his presence, his spirit, his atmosphere, and his comfort. A lot of times we take for granted right now why being on planet Earth, man, God is always with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But when the day of Jesus coming, guess what? There's going to be that absent, that emptiness, that void of his presence and his spirit in your life. And then you're going to be wondering, man, what's going on? How come I feel so empty? How come I feel like there's an absence of his presence? There's this, you know, this dark, this separation. There's no sense of God. That's what sin will do. It'll separate you from God and take you from his presence and give you a void of aptness, a- emptiness and hopelessness in your life. That's what sin does. But then he goes on to say, he says, the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is law. Verse 57, but thanks be to God, he gives us the imperishable, those who have accepted Jesus Christ. 39 people last week became imperishable with Christ. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, victory, meaning whatever happens here on planet earth, I still win when I go to heaven. You can take me out here, but I'm going to get to heaven there, and I'm going to live in Christ. I live. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Don't be moved. Don't be shaken. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. In other words, what you feel like you're sacrificing now and giving up for God, and you feel like it's such a great sacrifice while all the world seems to be doing what they're doing, it's not in vain because your reward is going to be great when you meet Jesus in heaven. My kids, my grandkids, I just received a, a, a picture for my son. And my grandkids, obviously, they moved from Lakeville now to Minnesota. And Indiana, excuse me, Indiana, they just now moved to Carmel, Indiana. And Indiana, if you know anything about Indiana, they are big in basketball, huge in basketball. You go into Indiana, it seems like every driveway in Indiana has a basketball hoop, right? So they're big in Indiana. But my son sent me a picture the other day. And their uniforms, my, my da- granddaughter and my two grandsons' uniforms, they all so happen to be blue and white. So he took a picture of their numbers in the back. So he had them all lined up right next to each other. And he took a picture to, of their numbers, and he sent it to me. And he said, Dad, what do you think of this? And guess what their numbers were? They all had the same number. Guess what their number was? Many of you probably think it's 777. Absolutely not. It was actually the opposite. It was 666. I said, man, I text my son back. I said, man, today's society, today's world, what's bad is good. So that is bad. That's good. They're going to be good. They're going to be awesome. They're going to be great. Man, they're going to be superb. They're going to be, man, fabulous. Right? And my one granddaughter, she just turned 12 today, and I was late almost for church today. She just turned 12 today, so we called her and wished her happy birthday. But anyways, 
she used to play for Under Armour. You got you to gotta hear this. It's so cool. Under Armour, at 11 years old, recruited her. 1,200 girls tried out for this team, and she was one of the 10 that made it to Under Armour. And they sponsor her. They, gar they man, give her all their garbage, man, that you see. Gym bags, uniforms, four different uniforms, warm-ups. I mean, she looked like a professional athlete at 11 years old. And it was a thrill to be an Under Armour's sponsor. They pay for all the tournaments she go to. But when she moved from Lakeville, she moved to Indiana, and when she moved to Indiana, the, the basketball capital of the world, guess what happened? She moved up from Under Armour, and now she's on the Nike team. And now she's recruited, and she's on the Nike team, and that represents the best teams that you can be on for basketball. So two weeks ago, they were in a tournament. Man, a tournament, 11 years old, today turning 12. They're in a tournament, and they smoke people in this tournament. So M Riley won the MVP, the most valuable player of this tournament. And the, she sent me a picture, and around her neck she had this big, huge medallion, this big medal that she won. And she said, Papa, Papa, look at, man, I won MVP, most valuable player. Isn't it awesome? And she had the smile from ear to ear that she won MVP, in this tournament. And man, you could just feel through the phone of this text the excitement, the exhilaration, the thrill of winning. That's with you. You are not on the Under Armour team. When you were on the Nike team, the best team, you're not status quo, you're not average, you're the best. God doesn't make junk. He makes the best. And then you know what happens? You are imperishable. And because you are imperishable, you're going to stand before the judgment seat of God. He's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And he's going to place upon you the medallion of victory. You won. Death has been swallowed up. Death has no sting in your life. But I got to keep moving. I'm going to move on. I want you to turn real quickly, down, uh, who's over back there, Jan Judy, the results of this new life. So what are the rewards? Riley got her medallion, but uh, what are the rewards of a believer? The rewards of a believer are this, the rewards of a new life. Number one, go back to the righteous. The righteous come into great gain. When you die, the reason we don't have to fear death is because we come into great gain. We come into the presence of God, the fullness of him, that there's no lack in being in the presence of God. So when you die, you don't have to be afraid. You're not going to lack anything. You're coming into great gain. Number two, the results of a new life is this, a body changed into a heavenly body. That you're going to receive a new heavenly body. Man, some of you may not like your body now, but when you get to heaven, you're going to love it. It's going to be without. In, it's going to be perfect without any imperfections that you think is about your body. And number three, I'm moving fast. Imperishable body, free from decay and death. No more sin, no sickness, no disease, no poverty. No more pain in your life. As I get older, I don't know about you, I woke up this morning, I had a kink in my neck. How many of you are saying, when the older you get, the kinkier you could become? I started blaming my pillow. Man, I'm going to get rid of this pillow. It's supposed to be a my pillow. It's not supposed to do that to me. But I got it. Trust me, I, you feel aches and pains the 
more you get older. How many of you know? You find out pains you never thought you had before. Right? Here's another one. We receive a glorified body like Christ. Wow. Like Christ. Think about that. What was Christ? He was, Randy was without spot or wrinkle. When you get before heaven, guess what he's going to do? There's not going to be any sin, any infections, any disease, anything in your life. You're going to be made whole. You're going to be 100%. You're going to be made complete in Christ. I love this. I'm moving fast. A powerful body, not subject to disease or weakness. Man, can you imagine that? Have you ever said, man, I used to be able to do this, but I can't no more. When you get to heaven, man, you're not going to have weakness. You're not going to have diseases. A spiritual and natural but supernatural body not bound to the laws of nature. Man, can you imagine that? A body capable of eating and drinking. Another one. Our bodies will be like all, all that God has intended for humans to have at creation. So when you get to heaven, guess what? Man, you're going to get the fullness that God intended from the very beginning. God created in the heavens and earth. On the seventh day, he created man, or excuse me, on the sixth day, on the seventh day, he rested. Guess what he created you to be on that sixth day? He created you to have the fullness of all that he has for you. But because sin came into the world, it forfeited some of the things that God really intended for us to have. But guess what? When we get into heaven, you're going to receive the fullness of everything that God intended you to have the day of creation. You think you have it good sometimes here on planet earth? Wait till you get to heaven. But here's what I love. We will experience the fullness of his love. The other day, Cheryl and I, and I closed with this story. Pastor Andrew, you can come up if you want. I, uh, I closed with this story. The other day, Cheryl and I were with, with some families. And uh, there was these two ladies, and, and I'm not going to say who they are because some of you know who they are. Uh, there was these two ladies that we were with, and we were talking about our past and how we grew up and so on and so forth. And one lady said, yeah, I was adopted when I was little. And, man, I, I had a great home that I was in. And, man, the, my family really treated me well. And, man, I really experienced love. And they really raised me up to be the person that I am today. And they're very, 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 very grateful for their adopted family. And I was excited to hear that. But then, maybe you know this person. Again, I'm not going to say who. They said, I was adopted. And it wasn't so good. She said, I, I don't know why they adopted me. I don't know why they adopted me. They didn't love me from the day I moved into their house. And then she said these words, I think maybe I was just a paycheck for them. And she was sharing her heart. She said, man, I haven't really experienced love. Then she proceeded to cry, I, you know. I don't want to cry because I remember looking at her face. She proceeded to cry. And she said, I haven't really in all my life experienced the fullness of love. Maybe that's you. But when we get to heaven, we'll experience, you will experience the fullness of love. The rejection the pain, the sorrow, the hurts, the brokenness that you've experienced that hurts you and flawed you in love is going to be made complete in you.
you're going to experience fullness of God's love. Because you know why? As we started out this message five, four weeks ago, perfect love. Becky casts out all fear. Can you imagine? He's going to stretch out his arms. He's going to say, Mary, I love you with an everlasting love. There is no fear in death as a believer because I know where I'm going. So therefore, I don't have to fear. Fear is a thought, word, or action that will keep you from your home with him. But I like this. Today, we break the spirit of fear and death off you in Jesus' name. Will you stand with me? I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. I'm not going to call you forward, but as we end this series, I want to pray that God breaks the spirit of fear off you today with no one looking around. I'm not going to call you forward. Again, very sacred time. But if you're walking in fear in any way, shape, or form, you say, Pastor, I have this fear in my life. I want it to be broke off me. If that's you, just lift your hand. No one's looking around. Yes, 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 yes. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? Is it Pastor? Anyone else? Yes. Amen. You may put them down. Father, you've seen the many hands that were raised today. Today, Father, I boldly proclaim in Jesus' name, that you, God, will set them free. From fear, Lord God, whatever it may be, of feeling inadequate, feeling not worthy, this, that, and the other, whatever the case may be, and whatever fear may be arising within these individuals, I break it off in the name of Jesus. It has no place, it has no stronghold, it has no position in their life any longer. They are free indeed in Christ. And I thank you, God, that today not only are they free, but, God, I pray that you cover them with the blood, that when the death angel or the spirit of fear tries to raise up again, it will have to pass by and not touch that temple because they know the power and the authority that's in the blood of Jesus. And I pray, God, right now that you will set them free, that, God, there's no fear that enters in this temple. For you didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a love and power and a sound mind. And I pray that this morning, God, you would touch and bless and minister to those who raised their hand. Encourage them and let the joy of the Lord be their strength. Thank you, Father, for this wonderful, wonderful congregation. Bless them as they've been a blessing to us in this adventure church. And we pray, God, in your name that you go before us. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Can we give the Lord praise? Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Have a great day. Check out the auction. God bless you. See you at 4 o'clock if you want to hand out candy. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.